Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hello, everyone. I hope that you're doing well. Tonight, we'll talk about scary hunting horror stories. So don't forget to hit that like button, subscribe, and hit notification bell. Thank you. And now, story time. Back in the mid-80s I was a young teenager and was on a backpack trip with some family up in the Chiricahua Mountains in southern Arizona. We were about three days into it poking along a creek bottom when we saw some sort of carcass. Based on what I know now it would most have likely been a deer but at the time we could just see a rib cage so we weren't sure. It was across the creek bed from where we were standing probably 30 to 50 yards. Behind it there was overhang that looked like a cave opening. We were standing there looking at the carcass deciding if we were going to go closer when my dad said. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus. Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. 
I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Did you boys see those yellow eyes in the cave behind it? We started to make fun of the idea and knew he was joking and he actually thought he was joking until we started looking a little closer at the opening and could see there was actually something there. You couldn't really see eyes and based on the angle of the overhang and the way the sun was shining we couldn't tell what it was but there was obviously something there. We thought we were pretty tough so we decided to move a little closer to change position and see what it was. Just about the same time we could see better into the opening we heard a deep low growl that I'll never forget come from it. Everyone froze. I had that hair standing up on the back of your neck feeling with the unmistakable feeling that I wasn't so tough anymore. As we stood there listening to the low growl and staring at what had now materialized as one the Sasquatch which decided to make Arizona its home, I knew I wasn't so tough. My dad kept it together and got us all to very calmly back out out of there. So at the time I'm 14 years old and love to turkey hunt. My dad, while a knowledgeable deer and small game hunter, doesn't turkey hunt so everything I knew at that point was self-taught and I'm always hunting solo. I had permission to turkey hunt a small tract about a half mile from my house. As always the birds were on the neighbor's place and I'd hear them gobbling over there routinely. I've always said you could have a hunting area the size of Georgia and the birds would roost on the line and fly down into South Carolina, man I would have done anything to get over there and hunt. I just knew I'd kill one if I could just hunt that place. Now this was in the days before ATVs, and I was too young to drive, so if I went hunting over there it was with good old boot leather alone. So I called the neighboring landowner one day, very old man, and asked for permission. He was a family friend and we went to church with him. Ain't no way he'd say no. Well, he said no and it pissed me off so bad, and I was so geared and geeked up to kill my first turkey, that I was like, hell, I'm going anyway. What's the chance of me getting caught or something bad happening? I mean no 14 year old is going to jail for that, right? K the awfully dumb 14 year old decision music here. So I set out on foot wearing my dad's oversized snake boots, on an afternoon turkey hunt in May in Georgia. No water and it's 85 Fahrenheit. So I'm walking the edge of this huge field and calling every so often. I'm sweating with every step from the Georgia heat and from thinking I'm headed straight to a long and significant prison term if I get caught. Not to mention I'm wearing full camo and a headnet to help make my identification hard for anybody. The field edge is kind of grown up with waist high grass and weeds but at the wood line the grass isn't high at all. All of a sudden I look at the edge of the woods in a sandy little shaded area and I see a pack of six mean looking wild dogs, definitely no collars, laying there. Four pit bulls and two other crossbreeds. So my 14 year old mind immediately processed the situation and determined that a fellow poacher must have killed them in the past couple hours and dumped them there. 
So I think damn this place is full of poachers, including me, I've got to get out of here. So I decide to leave but first I'm gonna give one last series of yelps and see if any of those wild dogs move. So I cut loose with a cackle and some cuts. All of a sudden the dead dogs come to life, see me, and immediately charge. I yell at them but they're barking, growling and running straight for me. I turn to run and actually do for 20 to 30 yards and then think, damn it son, you're armed with a 12 giga amperes. So I stop and the grass is so high I can't see them but I see the grass moving and they're headed right for me. I stop and holler at them. I fire a warning shot. Nothing will stop the charge. The lead dog is a big pit bull and he pops out with teeth bared and lunges for me. I roll him up and at about two feet he skids to a stop right at my feet. Three other mean bastards pop out of the grass and immediately circle me while growling and barking. One lunges at me and I get two of them. The remaining ones run to the wood line and stop and stare at me while growling. My poaching day's done, I immediately turn and start fast walking headed for home. As I'm leaving one of the growlers makes a charge while my back is turned but I hear him rustling in the grass and turn and shoot him at about 10 steps. I had the shotguns plug out because a 14 year old me reason that if you're going to be an outlaw you might as well go whole hog, I get home and am white as a sheet and shaking. My parents ask what's wrong and what happened and of course I can't tell them because they'll turn me into the authorities because they're good Christian folks that couldn't stand to have an outlaw as a son. I still get chills thinking about it. And trust me, y'all, I have turned from my outlaw ways and now only hunt on property that I either own or have complete permission to be on. I certainly don't condone my actions that day but if I hadn't done what I had to do I would not be here today. They would have torn me to pieces. Scariest day of my life in the woods. You know how your eyes can pick up a pattern and temporarily fool you? You're scanning the woods and see a branch with no bark 100 yards away and momentarily think it's the rack of a deer and a down log next to it can look like a deer's body for an instant. The light changes after a while and it catches your attention again. I was on a wilderness canoe trip and climbed out of the tent to take a leak in the middle of the night. About 40 yards from the tent, I saw a bush that had the rough shape of a crouched person. There was a glowing pattern that kind of looked like a face. It was like I was looking at a Scooby-Doo ghoul. It was my only encounter with Foxfire. Armillaria melia, a fungus. It grows on wet wood and glows green. Really cool. Second story. On a gun hunt with a buddy, we were doing a sneak and creep on a deer. I looped around and still hunted through a bedding area bordering a swamp. My buddy posted up on a bluff that looked down on a flood plain bordering a creek. I was moving really slowly and quietly, a deer moved calmly away from me onto the flood plain. My buddy shot it from above. The bullet hit the scapula, deflected transverse across the body and lengthwise. It hit the ball of the hind hip joint and traveled down the interior of the femur shattering the full length. The deer dropped and let out what could be best described as a scream-type ball and died. I've never heard a vocalization like that before or since. I was in some pines and couldn't see anything, but I remember thinking, WTF did he just shoot?
My dad and I were hunting a property that is down near the fires that happened on the front range last fall for elk. His leg was hurting him so we decided to go sit the water hole. Earlier that afternoon we had set our lock ones up, during which I had driven my truck into to drop them off. I have a high quality trail cam on video record mode facing the road and it overlooks the water hole. I check my cam while my dad is putting the stands up. I have a few small bulls coming in at random times and then my truck entering the cam from moments before. Leave the card in as it has plenty of memory and shut the camera up. It was hot, dry, and slightly smoky that afternoon so we climbed up in the stand and settled in at about 5 pm. My dad went promptly to his phone and I tried to mentally unwind. About 50 minutes before dark I heard that amazing sound of a limb break in a silent forest. Moments later there was another emotion to my dad that an elk is coming but he is deaf and didn't understand. We then see bipedal legs moving quickly through the young pondos and the thing swings around the side of the waterhole that we are on. Out steps this wide AF 6x6 which walks right into our side of the waterhole and stops right behind the tree that my camera is on. He stares directly at my camera with his head low literally staring at it for like 10 seconds. He was about 6 to 7 feet tall, all hair, no neck and with massive shoulders. He then walks a few steps and my dad sent an arrow into his lungs. This thing takes off straight out in front of the camera. After, I check the camera expecting to see the point of impact and all the action after the shot but the video that was captured wasn't readable. There is no recorded data. There is video of us walking in and one of us walking up to the thing after we shot but the video of the creature coming into water and receive a shot is there at that very minute but there isn't any recorded data. Thinking through all of the videos this camera has taken. Never have I received a video with no recorded data. So there we are a few years back in SW Montana hunting archery elk. I'm wearing earplugs because my buddy on the other side of the Kodiak canvas tent were sleeping in snores like a bear. He also sweats like a fat kid in a candy store so he keeps a 5 gallon bucket of water right outside the tent on my side. To wash his sweaty balls in. It's 4 AM, full moon I think, when I get woke up to a roll of paper towels hitting me in the head. I pull out one earplug thinking WTF. And all I hear is the world's most gigantic paddle tongue slurping water from the bucket two feet from my head outside the tent. I look over at my buddy with bug eyes and he's holding on to his judge, revolver, in the fetal position on his cot when I slowly grab by .45 ACP under my cot loaded without one in the chamber I didn't read Rockslide at the time my bad. I get ready and rack one in the chamber in one smooth motion and he instantly stops drinking the water. Now we have both guns drawn pointed at the front door when we hear his paw hit the canvas we have for a doormat, then silence for what seemed like an eternity. And then we think we hear him run off. We never saw it but we were 99% sure it was at least an 800 pounds Bigfoot from the sound of its drinking. Back in the 90s after the summer construction season ended in Alaska the wife and I would often head south in late October, early November and fly fish our way down through British Columbia and down into the lower 48 for late season steelhead. 
The Kispioxer was one of our regular and fave stops and this is where this incident took place. We were camping and living out of the back of our canopied pickup truck and very often just found any old nook or cranny off the road to camp for the night. For this reason I always slept W my 20 ga. Single shot shotgun next to us in the back of the truck. We had gotten in a couple days fishing already despite the 5 to 6 inches of snow we received. Late one afternoon we pulled down a quarter mile curvy downhill gravel road into a small park known as the Potato Patch Hole. If memory serves me right it was just downstream from the main Kispiox or Lodge a short distance. We fished a short time till the sun began to set and our rod guides began to ice up from the dropping temps. In the completely empty park, Septus, we cooked up some grub on the nearby picnic table and tailgate of the truck for dinner before climbing into the sack in the bed of the pickup for the night. Sometime in the middle of the night I awoke to the unmistakable sound of footsteps in the now very crunchy snow pack around us. As I lay there listening I reached over next to make sure my trusty 20 was ready in case things got serious. What the heck was someone doing walking around in spot like this with a pitch black night at 20 degrees? I wondered if it was the native fella that I saw walking in on the gravel road that seemed to strangely be gone as we drove into the park? A few minutes passed and my wife awakens and reaches out and grabs my arm and whispers. Do you hear that? I tell her yes, I've been listening for a few minutes. We both listened as the crunchy footsteps got closer and closer till they were quite obviously standing just yards from our truck at the picnic table we used. They 100% sounded just like a human would walk. By now fear gripped me, as my wife whispers to me. What's that? I answered. My heart. It was beating so loud, we both could hear it quite audibly. After pausing at the table for a moment the steps now walked directly to the front of the truck and headed down the side of the truck to the back end. OMG, am I gonna have to blow someone's head off? I'm just waiting for the canopy door to be swung up. But, no. A short five seconds or so pause and the footsteps go back up alongside the truck. It, whatever it is, is standing right next to me just outside the dark tinted canopy glass. I can see nothing. A short pause as I wondered what was about to go down, and next thing we hear are footsteps on the canopy roof directly above us. No longer human sounding footsteps, but those of a bird like the size of a raven perhaps. After perhaps 10 or so strides across the canopy top right above our heads, Viola, it's now on the ground on the wife's side of the truck right next to her. Upon the ground again, the whatever proceeded away from the truck towards the direction of the come down entry road, sounding exactly like a human walking once again. The slow crunching walk away took another minute or two until it faded in the distance. Never in my life has my heart beat like that before, or since. The area was pitch black and there was no way either of us were going out there this night to investigate. Not much sleep was gotten that night needless to say but at first morning's light we exited the back of the truck knowing whatever was walking would have had to leave some tracks in the crunchy six inches of snow out there. We couldn't wait to see what. Alas, not a single new print anywhere. Just our tracks from our meal and our lone trail to the river and back from fishing earlier. Nothing else anywhere in the park. Nothing. Even though it was very clear from which direction it had come, 
and where it had left. Nada, zero, zilch. There were absolutely no human or animal prints anywhere in the entire park but the few my wife and I made with our limited activities there. I had hiked in late afternoon while it was raining. By the time I reached my destination, the rain had turned to snow and was accumulating quick. Managed to get the tent set up, but couldn't find any dry wood to get a fire going and dry out. Right at dark I finally decided to call it quits for the night and head back for the truck. Everything was soaking wet. Starting hiking back down the mountain and a few hundred yards into the hike, I caught a glimpse of eyes in the trees off the side of the trail. The snow was coming down so hard that it was tough to see more than 20 to 25 feet with the headlamp. Saw the eyes a few more times along the four mile stretch. As I got lower in elevation the snow started to let up and then the eyes appeared again. The creature stopped 25 yards off the trail and was locked on me. I yelled and threw rocks, but he just sat there like a statue. After what seemed like 5 minutes, maybe 45 seconds, I grabbed my pistol and put a shot in the dirt right in front of him. He stood up, let out a growl, and slowly turned and walked away. I was only a one quarter mile from the truck at this point so I kept my head on a swivel the rest of the way out. Me and my wife like to go car camping and we take the SUV up north past Strawberry, Arizona a few more miles. Now we usually go way off any main roads and we have a couple spots where we know no one will be around. Not really a camp spot but just enough bare area for us to park the vehicle and fire up the grill and maybe get a little crazy. This time we were way deep in the woods where I was certain nobody else was and it was winter so not a lot of campers I think we passed a couple of mile or two away from us. Anyhow it was time to catch some sleep and my wife had these lights she brought up with us and she put them around the two chairs we had outside the car. It was a string of round light bulbs that she kept in one of the rooms that take a four batteries I believe. But she wanted them on just in case one of us needed to pee at night and also she doesn't like sleeping in pitch dark which is very much what is was outside. So I remember waking up in the middle of the night for some reason after being asleep for a couple hours and looking out the window I saw pitch black. I then thought oh the lights must have died out. So I went back to sleep. Now in the morning when we finally got out of the car to cook breakfast I told my wife her lights died and that's when I looked at the light and again, I'd like to stress no one was in sight from where we were that I know of. But I saw the lights had a switch. And the switch was turned off. The batteries did not die out, but the little black switch on the backside had been switched off. Now in the woods I don't worry about animals but about people. This is one of those reasons why. Was there someone looking in at me and my wife sleeping through the window of our SUV? Or maybe a ranger who just saw lights and shut them off for us? I'm sure I would have heard his vehicle if that were the case. I don't know but sure scared me and the wife. We ate breakfast and left. This one is not in the back country but on a hunting trip to a guy's ranch in Texas work-related hunting trip. I bring my nine-year-old son along. We are staying at the old family ranch house that has become the hunting cabin. 
This is a large single-story old house that has been added on to several times over the years. It is in a big L shape. Guys are showing up and taking their gear in and picking rooms and bunks. My son and I go all the way back to the last room which is back in the end of the short end of the L shape. I figured we would take the last room so I could get him to bed early and not have him kept up all night with the guys drinking around the fire and cutting up. As we are unloading the food into the kitchen from the trucks I notice the ranch owner's two yellow labs will not come into the house. They stop at the edge of the door and act real apprehensive and nervous. These dogs are his shadow and are constantly by his side. I said David, what's up with the dogs not coming into the cabin? You train them to stay out, he said nope, funny you should notice and ask me that. He said neither of them will step foot in this house, when I am in here alone by myself they will stand at the door and whine and howl till I come out. He said, the old original owner of the ranch told me this house is haunted. Well, that kind stayed with me. So that night we have a great meal, the guys build a big fire and we all sit out around it having a great time. I take my 9-year-old in about 9.30 and put him in the bunk we were sleeping in. I have slid the two bunks together and had our sleeping bags all laid out and a big blanket to cover us both. He went down quickly and was out like a light. I checked on him a few times and finally snuck in around 1am and crawled in next to him. About 3.45 in the morning I wake up lying there and something is wrong. I lay there not moving and kind of listening and trying to figure out what this strange feeling is. My pistol is right next to the bunk and I am thinking about slowly reaching for it. Then I notice a light reflecting off the wall in the room. Now this is a dark ass room. The reflecting light is moving all around the wall. So I slowly turn over and look across the room and there is this bright white orb about the size of a softball moving around the room and I mean up to the ceiling across the room and side to side. I am getting goosebumps right now on my back and both arms remembering this as I type this. So my mind is trying to make heads or tails of what I looking at, I have just woken up, I am like trying to make sense of this and then right next to me my son whispers to me in the softest faintest whisper, Dad. Do you see it too? What's this light thing moving all around the room? So as to not scare him, I said Tyler it's just the reflection of the moonlight off the windmill outside, roll over and go back to sleep. So thank God he does. I watched that another 20 to 30 minutes and then while looking right at it, it just burned real bright and then shrunk down to nothing and disappeared. I never slept the rest of the night. So we slept in the same room again the next night. I never saw it again and figured whatever it was, if it had wanted to hurt us it would have the first night. My son had a great hunt, killed a 9 point buck the next morning and to this day, he is now 25, he still remembers that floating orb in the room. Several years ago I was up riding my bike on a local trail and noticed a guy with a backpack out in the grasses by the edge of the forest. Didn't think much about it. Figured he was shed hunting. Local guy ends up missing. His mother lives close by to me. His body is found out there where I ride several months later. Probably a self-harm. December 1st, 2020 I'm out riding there with my dog. Everything's fine for about an hour. I start to hear the faint sounds of chains clanging in the distance. 
Keep cruising along and they start to get louder. I stop thinking someone's dogs are out running around. Wait a little to see if someone else is coming at me on the trail. Nothing. Start up again and the chains are really loud and right behind me. I stop again and look back. Nothing. At this point my dog is starting to get a little weird. Start up and seconds later they're back clanging loudly behind us. It was so loud I was thinking someone was going to clobber my head with these chains. Slam on my brakes and nobody's there. I was upping my speed to get the hell out of there. My dog catches up and backs up in between my leg and my bike shaking uncontrollably looking back down the trail. Not growling or barking. Totally creeped out and just standing there straddling my bike with the hair on my neck and arms totally on end and my dog shaking. I had my pistol but somewhere deep inside I knew it wasn't going to do us any good. Hung out for a few minutes trying to figure out what the F was happening. Broad daylight. We make it back to the truck and I'm positive someone is out there messing around. I cruise up the road to see who else is there and there aren't any cars in the area. Haven't been back up there since. Told my wife and a couple buddies. Not sure what it was. It wasn't my bike or my dog. It was there really really close and it was loud. No Sasquatch sightings in our area but there are a bunch of ruins around but they didn't have steel. I may head up on the anniversary just to see. Years ago my best friend and I were trout fishing in West Virginia, kind of truck camping. It got late and we found a spot out in the boonies to set camp. This was in the early spring and the weather was turning kind of nasty or rain. Sleet, snow kind of thing. So decided a pot of coffee and some crackers, cheese and jerky would suffice for supper and hold us over till breakfast. We also had a huge yellow lab with us, Jasper was his name. Well got out of the truck to start the coffee and called the dog. Was sure he had two pee. Jasper just sat in the truck and growled. Would not get out. Any other time he was the first one out. Well my buddy comes around the truck with a drawn pistol, we were both carring and had a loaded riot gun in the truck, and the strangest look on his face. I have known this guy since we were 18 years old and served in the Marine Corps together. He does not get rattled easy, and have been in some tight spots together. So he quietly says get your gun out, while he got the shotgun, then he tells me I got a feeling something is not right here. We are leaving. I knew right there, it was time to go. No questions asked. Moved down the road, mountain trail really, about 5 miles. The dog settled down and went about our business. Needless to say it was a restless night even with moving. The next morning I asked him if he wanted to go back to the spot we were at, and recon the area. And he says no hell no. Told you it was a bad spot. Guess there are places like that about. Just evil spots. One of our camps were located on Cemetery Ridge in Idaho. Got its name because several firefighters got caught in a crossfire here and lost their lives. My guides and I and clients had several unexplainable things happen. One of the scary ones was a client was glassing and said he saw a man in a fireman's clothing looking at him. One night we heard an awful long scream, sounded like several different voices. 
I told the hunters it was coyotes but I often wonder. Years later I found out our camp was at the exact spot where several bodies were found. I actually had one client leave early because of the occurrences. This happened to me while hunting in the Midwest. The moon was full or near full where it lit up most of the woods. I had an uneventful hunt on some public land and used my red headlight until I made it to a trail I used to get back to my truck. Now this trail is close to hunting on it and close to all other activities after sunset, often gets hiked and biked on. But it's the only way to access this hunting area. Just before I reached the trail I turned off my headlight and started to walk about half-three-quarters mile back to my truck when I noticed a small light headed towards me on the trail. I assumed it was a hiker with a headlamp or a bike with a light on the handlebars. No big deal but didn't think I'd meet anyone after dark on this trail, thought maybe a warden or something. The light didn't appear to be moving quickly but I could tell it was between myself and my truck and ruled out a biker due to the speed unless the bike had a flat tire and was being pushed. As I walked I'd look off to the woods in the moonlight and once I got about 150 yards from the light I looked back at the trail and it was gone. Since I didn't have my light on due to the moonlight I thought I'd better flash mine a few times so this person knew I was coming. The light never turned back on and I stopped and grabbed my knife out of my pack in the event this person had bad intentions. I stopped every 20 to 30 yards to listen for movement slash noise on the trail or just off the trail. I never heard or seen anything the whole way back to the truck. I have no idea what the light was but I know it was not the moon reflecting off anything as the trail was dirt and no water on any of it and this light was in the very middle of the trail. I quickly packed up my stuff at the truck and headed home. After reading all these stories it makes me wonder if someone was able to jump off the side of the trail and watch me pass by without me seeing them. Not saying it was aliens or a ghost or anything but I never have been able to figure out what that light was that night. I took my nephew on his first backpack hunting trip for gobblers. We were up in Pisgah National Forest outside Morganton. It was really pretty weather so we decided to hammock camp and I didn't hang a tarp because it was supposed to be dry. Went to bed and about 2.30 I woke to see a blue light moving toward me. It was small but it just kinda drifted in my direction. Then I saw another come on and stay on and move across this small spring seep to my left. Then I looked around and saw them everywhere just drifting through the woods. I have to admit I started to get that feeling laying in my hammock. I didn't know if my nephew saw it or was still asleep. He was hanging in the other side of the tree. This went on for about 15 minutes or so until I talked myself into it had to be some explainable, but I couldn't figure what it was. They end up being everywhere. They would come on and stay on. Not flash like a firefly and a blue-white light, not the usual greenish. I forced myself back to sleep and hunted the next morning. Now where we were hunting isn't far from a place called Brown Mountain and during this all kinds of things were running through my head. After our hunt we got back home and I told my wife. She said well what was it? I told her damned if I know. I told her I told myself it was some kind of firefly but I'd never seen anything like it. I've camped that site tons of time but always in a tent.
We ended up googling it and come to find it was indeed a firefly. It's a blue ghost firefly. After finding out what it was it's pretty cool. Not everyone gets to see them. They are kind of rare and like damp low areas that are undisturbed. So, after all that freaking out in my hammock I did that night to talk myself into it was something explainable it turns out it was. I grew up within a mountain community of Colorado at about 9,000 feet, location withheld so nobody shows up at one my best creepy experience spots. It was a beautiful September day and my friend's parents had taken us into town to run errands and have lunch. We decided on a whim to walk back to their house instead of ride back with the parents. This was about an 8 mile journey that took us all afternoon. And to shorten our walk at one point we decided to cut across part of a large piece of an old private ranch that as far as we could tell then was unoccupied. There was an old ranch house that looked very run down but was otherwise a wide open valley with dense forest on all sides and perfect looking elk habitat. As we were ascending an open mountainside through this property we passed closely by an island of aspens approximately an acre in size. When we got to within about 75 yards of this aspen stand we heard the loudest most blood-curdling scream I've ever heard, followed by large branches breaking, and the sound of something large just absolutely thrashing about in there. We stopped walking and stood there for maybe 3 seconds before breaking into a sprint up to the ridge. Once to the ridge we started descending a steep downfall ridden north facing slope at speeds that were unsafe and we are lucky to have not been hurt. We stopped when we had finally reached the Dirt County Road in the next valley. To this day I remember the scream and the incredible anger and volume. Most vividly though, I still remember not feeling safe at all in broad daylight. It's actually one of the few times I can remember feeling like my life was just threatened, and I could be in real trouble. Not a good feeling at any age. Whatever made the scream was clearly directing it at us as we were talking loudly and walking out in the open and clearly came too close to its aspen stand. We were only 15 to be sure, but we had grown up exploring the woods, hunting with our dads and encountering bears and other wildlife so we weren't complete outdoor idiots. That area has since been acquired by the county it's in and turned into a popular open space with biking and hiking trails but back then it was a very seldom if ever visited area. The last four years, I've went archery hunting with my brother-in-law for elk. He knows the area very well since as has hunted it since he was a kid. This will be my sixth year hunting in this area, so I'm getting to know it pretty well also. Anyways, we hiked from 3,000 feet to about 6,201 day to get up high for glassing and to set up camp. This was the first time I had been up this far. There was a nasty shale peak that went up maybe another 800 feet and I wanted to check it out because I could see game trails and was pretty set on finding a high country muley. As we stood there and discussed a game plan, he told me he went up there probably 10 to 12 years back. He came across an odd stack off rocks. Being bored and taking a break he checked it out. When he moved some of the rocks he said he found an old bag and opened it. It was full of really old infant and toddler clothes along with some toys. He knew they had been there a long time. 
He said he got a weird feeling and quickly put everything back as he found it. That peak kind of creeps me out every time we get near it now. I was hiking half to get into shape half to hunt. It had just finished raining and still had those wet clouds slash mist in the air that you could see floating around in your headlamp. I was hiking up to a point in a popular trail where I'd leave it in hopes to set eyes on a new spot I've never been to before. The blueberries looked ripe and the bear hunting should be getting good soon and I wanted to get my scouting of new places out of the way early on in the year. I need up hiking a ridge where one side transitioned into a steep meadow that I sadly couldn't see into, the other side was a cliff that overlooked a large valley and a lake. Would have been quite the views if I could see past 100 yards. After another mile off trail I decided to make breakfast and then if no signs of clearing make my way back to the main trail and call it a day. I had located an old abandoned trail that would get lost in the tree patches and I'd have to pick it up later. I read once that the main trail I was on was made in 1999, and made me wonder if the trail I was on was the old one that took it down to the lake. This was an old mining area also and I came across a large hole in the rocky ground that was about 10 feet across abs 6 feet deep. A large boulder had been set which looked like intentionally, which made me think an old mine shaft. On my way out I kept checking my onks map to track my progress, and one side of the ridge being a cliff and one side being a meadow it should be fairly straightforward. About halfway back I hit a patch of small trees, Things don't grow fast about 5,000 feet and in snow half the year, and followed the trail into the trees. Lost the trail and picked another one up and started following it, hiking along as come across another hole in the ground that looked oddly like the first, so I looked at it a bit and thought to myself I didn't remember how steep the hillside was coming in here. As I start climbing a long hill I get to the top and something doesn't feel right. I check my map and I am currently farther down the trail than I had been the first time. How I got turned to 180 and didn't realize it is still a blur. It's almost like that portion of my memory isn't there. I'm generally very good with directions and natural self-awareness of where I am, but for some reason this one gave me the weirds. I kept that map in hand the whole way back to the main trail. Still perplexed by it. Maybe the eerie silence and fog added to the experience? One time we drove to the coast to go spring bear hunting. We were on a piece of public ground at our campsite. This big jacked up Ford rolls by and slams on the brakes and backs up. They come into our camp. It is three hot-headed teenagers. They are all armed and angry. One of the dudes asked what we are doing here on with our quads and asked if we are mushroom picking. We explain, we are bear hunting. They look pissed and say we should leave and go to the biscuit fire area for bears. We say no we're fine here and the driver starts going off and saying that we better be careful where we drive those four wheelers cause it's his mama's property. I didn't feel like explaining that this was public land just to avoid an argument. We had already been there hunting for several days and were planning on leaving the next day so we were not in any mood to move camp and weren't going to. So they decide to leave. The drive out of the camp and stop and the passenger pulls out an AK-47 and unloads the whole magazine. 
We were all ducking and I pull out my 45 and my hunting partner yell no and startles me so I don't shoot. Then they drove off never to be seen again. I think they were shooting in the air and not at us but how was I to know? That night we found a fresh bear carcass just below our camp where they took the head and some brisket meat and left the rest to rot. It didn't stink yet. We figured maybe they were marijuana farmers or something. Or maybe they were the bear poachers and didn't want us to find the carcass. Anyway it was a puckering experience. Some of these Oregon coast people. I am very new to western hunting, in my second season after moving to Utah from Ohio three years ago. Hunting a buddy's property once or twice a year growing up but was never really into it. Fast forward to now I'm addicted to getting into the mountains chasing whatever is in season. I have had a few unsettling encounters in my short time in the mountains. 1. My first turkey season out here and first time hunting in the mountains, I decided to take a short cut which ended up with me bushwhacking up about the steeping face one could actually make it up. I finally get to the saddle at the top and look over to see a tent tucked into some trees. My first thought was that someone was hunting back here and just stumbled across their camp, but after looking at it something didn't feel right. The spot was miserable to get to and the tent was tucked weirdly into the trees almost as if they didn't want to be seen. I worked up the courage to get closer and realized that it had been there for quite some time, torn tent, rusty cans of food, and all of the person's belongings were left inside, sleeping bag, extra food, backpack, etc. The only rational I could think of is one. The person is dead on the mountain somewhere too. The person was hiding out and has since been caught. Deciding in that moment I was getting a handgun and my carry permit for all future backcountry adventures. Second story. The last season, I decided to hunt the same general area with a buddy, scouted it this year, set a trail cam, got a few pictures of a tom. The road I typically take in had washed out and was closed so we came in from the other side. This is just a random canyon on a small mountain range, it seems like locals will camp in the pull-offs but nothing noteworthy. Pulling onto the dirt road that leads into the canyon, there's about a dozen DWR officers with vests on, stopping all cars going into the canyon checking IDs and registration on Sunday afternoon in May. I asked the officer if this is something they do regularly and he hesitated and said yay once in while after looking at my license he sent us on our way. We immediately decided they must be looking for someone who they think may be heading for the hills. Third story. That same trip, I ended up calling in a turkey for my buddy, he shot with my gun after bringing the wrong shells for his, and we decided to pack up camp and head to a different spot in the morning. As we packed out, I caught some eye shine off the side of the trail down in a drainage. We didn't think much of it but continued to glance down and check where it was as we continued to walk. I look down and can't find the animal, take a few steps, look back down and it's not lower to the ground and has cut the distance in half. We both stop dead in our tracks and start throwing rocks at what we assume is a mountain lion stalking us. We throw some rocks and both unholster our sidearms when the lion stands up and bounds off with the other deer further down the drainage. Fourth story. I've hunted alone of majority of this deer slash elk season, 
The unit I have a tag for has a lot of road access and I've been fortunate enough to find some pretty good spots for both about a mile or so from the road which allows me to camp at the truck. At 2am one night, I wake up to something growling outside of my tent, at first I think I'm imagined things then realize that this animal is very real. It was a new moon so I couldn't see anything outside but whatever it was was close and wasn't moving. I grabbed my gun and worked up the courage to shine my light out the window of the tent, only to be blind myself with the reflection. At that moment I decided if whatever was out there wanted to get me it was welcome too, pulled my blanket over my head and went back to bed once it moved off. Perhaps not creepy but a bit disturbing. Years ago my regular hunting buddy and I was in West Virginia hunting deer. Well we started out before daylight to our pre-hunting spots a big bowl in the mountains. I hunted one side and he went to the long end of the bowl. The plan was unless one of us killed a deer we would meet about the middle of the bowl around 2 in the afternoon and go to a different spot for the evening part of the hunt. Well all went as planned as we met it started to snow so we dieted that he would make a big circle around me and we would meet back at the cabin. Actually a shack. I got back to camp about an hour after last shooting light. No lights so I got the wood stove going and thought he would soon show up. The snow was really coming down with about 6 to 8 feet in. On the ground by now still no buddy. I start to put things together for a rescue mission. Thermos of hot coffee, heavy blanket, hand axe, rope, first aid kit, fire starting kit. That kind of stuff. This was well before cell phones and we were out in the boonies. Sling on the pack strap on the side arm, grab the flashlight. Reach for the door and hear stomping on the front porch and there he was. Looked like snowman. Ask him where the hell you been. He said to me, he began the agreed loop came across a old railroad tunnel and decided to cut through the tunnel and make his way back to the camp. Got turned around out of the tunnel and did not know where he was. So cut a straight path as best as he could. Came to a old road and started walking. Luck would have it another hunter came by and a truck picked him up and brought him back to the lane then came to the camp. After he thought out we talked about it and he said he was not really lost just a bit confused. This one is from late night drinking at a bluegrass festival in the back country of the Grass Valley California fairgrounds. Me and a friend had been sitting outside his camper knocking back beers, and we decided to go visit another camp where we'd heard there would be some hot mondo on fiddle action. I got out in front of him a few yards and stopped to wait for him. While I stood there I noticed a rather large black bear silhouetted against the yellow glow of some parking lot lights. He was very still and just stood staring at me unmoving. I said git, bear. In my most authoritative bear getting voice, but he did not get. He continued to glare malevolently, a dark bear shaped hole in the darkness. I said to my booty there's a big bear over here. You might want to hang back. I don't like the looks of him and no sense in both of us getting mauled. He bravely walked up beside me, picked up a small pebble and hucked it hard at the bear. I nearly shat, thinking this would be the provocation the evil brooding Bruin was waiting for. 
I looked about for a tree to climb and coldly calculated whether I could outrun my friend, fairly drunk and in the dark. The distinctive sound of rock striking would echoed in the night. My friend started laughing. You know that's just one of those chainsaw carved bears and he hasn't moved in the 20 years he's been there. You're cut off. This was about 35 years ago back in central Louisiana. I was 14 to 15 years old and my dad and I hunted on a really shitty whitetail lease with very few deer. I'd been hunting on my own for several years by this point, but the truth is I still hated walking alone in the dark with just that flashlight. I was old enough to know better but still young enough to freak myself out, so every trek was a mental battle with myself. We didn't have any wild hogs on our place back then, but there were always tales of them in the general vicinity and about how vicious and violent they were. Just as soon gore you as look at you, or at least that's how I imagined them to be. Especially if you were alone and unluckily stumbled into a whole troop of them in the dark. Then there was also reportedly a cougar in the area. I'd never seen it. Never one to sit still I'd covered lots of ground at that place over the years and I'd never even seen a track, but several folks told authentic sounding stories of hearing it screaming at night just like a woman getting murdered. I have no idea if any of that was true or not but I believed it like gospel at the time and it damn sure crept into my mind every time I was walking into my stand in the early morning darkness. I'd stop every 20 yards or so and listen, then whip around with that light just to make sure that big cat wasn't stalking up behind me. One afternoon I, illegally, drove my old Honda 125 three-wheeler down the blacktop road a few miles from camp, turned down a logging road, and drove it back another mile or two to the area I planned to hunt. It was an area I hadn't tried before but wanted to check out. These were the days long before cell phones or even those clunky handheld GPS. I used a compass as the most rudimentary way. Before stepping off the logging road I'd get a bearing on my intended direction, then when it was time to come back all I had to do was walk in the direction that was 180 degrees opposite of that reading. Worked every time. But on this day I forgot to get that bearing while standing in the road. Instead, I remembered it after I'd already walked in a couple 100 yards off that road through a thicket. I didn't want to turn and go back. So I reasoned that since I hadn't gone too far I was most likely still heading in the same direction as when it started, wrong. So, to save time and effort I just took a bearing right there and forged ahead. Like usual, no deer were seen that evening. I'd stayed in my spot until legal light had expired so it was full dark. I used my compass to get my, incorrect, bearing and started walking. About 30 minutes later I'm thinking man, that logging road has to be right here? But it's not. The area doesn't look right and it doesn't feel right. Trigger the bad butterflies in my gut. An hour into this and I'm fighting to keep the panic at bay and I'm actually managing it better than I expected to. I'm aware that I have some guardrails with the logging road and the blacktop and that if I just keep going sooner or later I'll hit one of them. But in the back of my mind there is this lingering doubt. And, of course, cougars. Around this time the woods open up a little bit beneath some big old oaks and I suddenly see something directly in front of me that just doesn't look right. 
It froze me in my tracks and I probably stood there for a good 30 seconds staring at this shape, but for the life of me I cannot make sense of what I am seeing. My mind is struggling to put a label on it but I'm just at a total loss. It looks sort of like a stump, but it's definitely not a stump. I just can't think of anything else it could be. It's like this shape kind of fits in with the surroundings, but at the same time it definitely does not fit in and I know it shouldn't be here. It looks to be a couple of feet tall, maybe 10 feet across and it almost looks, camouflaged? I don't know if anyone knows what I'm talking about but it's such a creepy and utterly confusing feeling when you are looking at something right in front of you but your brain just absolutely cannot make sense of what it is seeing. It's close, but not quite close enough to touch it with my rifle barrel, which is what I decide that I'm going to do next. But just as I cautiously start that next step closer, the top one third of the stump suddenly moves. Holy shit I was not expecting that. All the air goes out of lungs and time slows down to an absolute crawl where a heartbeat seems to last for minutes. I still don't know what this is but I damn sure did not think it was alive. I am now extremely aware that I am way too close but I've already committed to that step and gravity is working against me. My brain is screaming get. Back. And I'm fighting the forward momentum by lurching my body backwards as my feet slide forward and out from underneath me. Now Stump has eyes. Giant eyes. Giant, yellow eyes in my memory. The pair of giant yellow eyes disturbingly, almost robotically, rotating around to face me just like in that scene from The Exorcist. Then, just as I came to rest nearly defenseless and flat on my backside, the shape-shifting demon creature at my feet literally explodes in a violent blur of leaves and feathers and powerful wing beats that seem deafeningly loud, quickly disappearing from the flashlight's glow and into the dark canopy above. I probably laid there for a full minute making weird noises, catching my breath and letting the adrenaline surge resolve. Cussing myself and that damn owl. I have no idea what kind of owl it was or why it let me walk right up on it like that. Maybe it was sick or maybe the flashlight had it frozen with night blindness for a few moments? Whatever it was I've never had anything like that happen again. Eventually I found my way out to that blacktop road, followed it to the logging road and hiked another mile or so to my bike. I arrived back at camp several hours late and just in time to stop the search party that was assembling, as everyone assumed that I needed help following a blood trail. They all got a great laugh out of my story that evening around the campfire, and not many times in my life since then have I walked alone through the dark without thinking of that night. About 30 years ago a buddy and I went to far southeast Oklahoma to muzzle load hunt deer on the Warehouser land. On the drive down we were laughing and talking about how we hoped we didn't run into any deliverance people. Let's just say that the people in far southeast Oklahoma are clannish. The night before season opened up as we laid in our tent, all we heard were dogs barking and semi-autos going off. You can't run dogs for deer and okay and muzzle load is the first gun season. The next morning while hunting we went over the top of a hill and came upon a small village of tents with women and children of all ages and what appeared to be 10 to 15 deer hanging in the trees. We quickly backed out and decided to hunt in a different direction. Later that afternoon, 
We had the pleasure of meeting some of the men from the village who were all carrying ARs. As banjo music began to play in our heads, they described our truck and our camp and advised us that our kind was not welcome and that this was their hunting area and their deer. My buddy being the easygoing type decided to try and reason with them and explain to them that this was warehouser land open to the public. When the man with three teeth proceeded to tell us that some people that come into their area are never seen again it was clear it was time to leave. I don't think we took the time to even fold up our tent. Needless to say, we decided that in the future we would hunt another area of the state. The most weird thing I've ever had happen wasn't necessarily creepy, but it just left you wondering. My buddy and I were 16 at the time and we were waiting a creek for smallmouths. We had waited and kayaked probably three miles from the nearest road and came to a giant dam that had been caused by a flood. At the bottom of the dam there was a woman's wallet and a high-heeled shoe. I opened the wallet and saw a student ID from the local university, driver's license, credit cards, gift cards, etc. I put the wallet in the back of my kayak in the storage compartment so I could try to find the owner or report it. The wallet appeared to be old and had to have been in the creek for over a year. Somehow while traversing around the dam the wallet fell out and I was never able to find it. Who knows what it was, probably nothing. But with the way that people get abducted and go missing these days it left an uneasy feeling in my stomach. Here's one, a friend and I are deer hunting and park the truck to head in the woods. It's the regular late archery season so the woods isn't packed full of knuckleheads. We go our separate ways to our spots which are each a little over a mile off the road. It's about 10 degrees and snowing pretty good. I hunt until about 11 am and head back to the truck and my buddy is there. I ask how hunting was and he tells me this story. Says he was walking into his stand and about three quarters of a mile in. It's pitch black but a decent trail you don't need a light. He's walking and all of the sudden he's within about 10 to 15 feet of a guy walking the same trail. He figured it was another hunter, and though freaked out a bit he stepped to the side and was going to let the guy pass. The guy on the trail freezes and just stares at him. The guy isn't wearing winter clothes, has no hunting gear, and only is carrying a paper grocery bag that he is clutching like he thought it was going to get stolen. Buddy says good morning and this guy is frozen. Just staring him down then lets out a battle cry and runs right at him deliberately and into the woods. Buddy hunted a different spot that day. I'll tell one more hunting related story but not necessarily creepy but I think the experience would have scared almost any hunter. We were pushing a cornfield towards a 80 acres woodlot. About halfway through the standing cornfield I hear a very muffled gunshot. Heard some yelling but everyone was making noise during this portion so people knew where everyone was at and I figured the shot came from the standers way at the other end. Once the push was over I found out nobody on stand had seen anything worth shooting and come to find out it was my brother who had shot when he was in the cornfield. Someone had jumped up a black bear, should have been hibernating and it ran across the rows until it got to his row and for whatever reason turned and headed right for him. 
My brother said he didn't even have time to get his gun shouldered and shot from the hip due to how close the bear was and closing even faster. Lucky for him he made an instantly lethal shot. He claims the bear was moving so fast it slid in the mud after he shot and came to rest one to two steps from him. He was shaking pretty bad even 20 plus minutes later at the end of the push. Safe to say he was lucky that day. That's it for creepy hunting stories from me but I do have a ghost story that is non-hunting related if people want to hear it. On two separate occasions I heard distinct wood-on-wood -wood knocking sounds. One time I was by myself and the sound seemed like it was coming from across the other side of a drainage and I'm almost positive no one was there because I was parked at the end of the road and I hadn't seen any other vehicles. The other time was about a mile or two away in the same general area about a week later with my hunting buddy, that day it was raining real bad and we hadn't seen any other cars around or signs of people either. We both heard it this time and agreed that it sounded like someone was hitting a chunk of wood against another. It was loud and sharp sounding, it didn't have a pattern, anywhere from about 15 seconds to a minute apart and went on for probably 30 to 45 minutes or so both times. It definitely didn't sound like two trees being blown together by the wind. Out coon hunting, we pulled into an old farm yard about a one quarter mile off the road. When we came around the corner to the gate we would park at, there was an old post truck sitting there. My buddy was instantly freaked out, he recognized the truck. He started to haul us out of there. I knew something was wrong because we were the only ones that could hunt that spot and it was like 2 AM. On the way out my buddy told me he thought it was two old dudes from town known tweakers slash thieves that had been in and out of jail. Pretty soon we can see their headlights behind us, before we know it they are right on our bumper. We assume they are just trying to scare us and will either go around or just ride our ass back to town. We were wrong, they started shooting at us, with some semi-auto they had probably stolen. Thankfully their truck was such a pos we could outrun them. We went to town and parked down the street from the house they were staying at, just to make sure it was them. We reported it to the proper authorities in the morning, not the cops, who caught up with them a few days later behind the local bar. Couple years ago it's the last day of deer season. My hunt club invited our neighboring club to come do some drives with us so we had a large group of guys on our property. For this drive the guys in our club were standers and the neighboring club were the drivers. I make my way to my stand on the edge of a swamp. It's a good spot and the deer love to run the edge of it right by my stand. So the drive begins and I can hear the guys whooping as they are pushing toward my location. I hear something coming from the swamp in front of me so I direct my attention in that direction. Doesn't sound like a deer running but definitely hear footsteps getting closer. I then see a person walking in front of me from my right to left. The odd part is he wasn't one of the guys from either club. No orange, gun season, no camo. The person was wearing a navy blue hoodie and blue jeans. They saw me, turned around, and left in the direction they came from. 
They seemed to walk right through the swamp which would be insane without waders that late in the season in sub-freezing temps. Didn't hear them whooping or acting like one of the guys driving. Didn't have a weapon or any indication of being a hunter. Who knows what was going on with them but struck me as very odd.